Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Realizing Destiny with Destiny Thomas. Remember, the key to finding your purpose is realizing that it can't be found without prayer. I just want to say thank you so much to all of the listeners for the realization who God is calling me to be in every area of my life. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. We love you even if we're just meeting you. Please, guys, if you can, leave a review on the podcast outlet that you're listening to this podcast on. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at realizing underscore destiny and tagging me in a post of your thoughts of the podcast or something that blessed you from it. I truly just want to bless people from the podcast the same way that I'm blessed by every single episode and just leave leave some things with you guys that really make you think, that really stretch you in your walk with Christ, and really just kind of to encourage and motivate you guys to let you know that this walk is not easy, but it is definitely worth it, and God will see you through it no matter what. So thank you again, guys, for listening, and please don't be shy about leaving your reviews. This episode of Realizing Destiny podcast is brought to you by Prayer P Sessions with the Prayerpist. What is Prayer P, you ask? It's the amazing combination of therapy and prayer. These sessions are led by the Holy Spirit, which allows us to dig to the root and bring those things to the surface that are acting as obstacles and barriers in your life from you living in your God-given purpose. Every session is ended with the tools needed to be able to discern God's voice for yourself And more importantly, a prophetic letter from God directly to you, giving you direction, instruction, and clarity in the areas that have actually been holding you back. The way he just loves on you in that letter and just reminds you that he's there with you every step of the way, but he also gives you some direction of what to do next, of how to get unstuck, and how to really live in your God-given purpose. If you are someone that's been stuck, if you are someone that's been frustrated because you feel like you're moving forward but moving backward at the same time, then these sessions are definitely for you. Go to www.realizingdestiny.com and sign up for a free 15-minute consultation, or why not just go ahead and sign up because you know you don't want to be stuck any longer. Are you a kingdom entrepreneur or hosting an event looking to get your information out there? Realizing Destiny podcast is now taking slots to advertise your business or upcoming event on our platform. If this is something you're interested in, please email us at info at realizingdestiny.com with all of the details. Thank you. Hey, 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 here we are with another episode of the Realizing Destiny podcast. We are getting into a topic that comes with a lot of um, different discussion on it, known as mental health and the importance of prayer and God through mental health. And today we will be hearing from Miss Charm Lewis from the Breakthrough Experience Live. I am super, super excited. Charm and I actually met through Instagram, like a couple of the last ladies that I've introduced to you guys. Great thing about that is I will actually be learning about her just as you are. But you guys know before I introduce her, we start with prayer. So here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today thanking you for waking us all up this morning and allowing us to see another day first. But God, I just ask that you lead God and direct this entire conversation today, God, that it be none of us, but all of you. God, you are the only one that can use one message and allow it to reach every single person, but also do the healing in them needed and required for them to go to the next level in you. So God, I just thank you and praise you for this opportunity, for this platform, and for the people you have sent uh, to receive the words that I am sharing with them and the words that Charm will share with them today. So God, I just thank you, praise you, give you all the glory and honor in Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 
All right, guys, so we have Charm Lewis. Charm, if you could please just say hello to the audience for me. Hey, y'all, hey. All right, so we're gonna jump right in. And if you could just introduce yourself to the people, tell them who Charm is. Definitely, so I'm just a girl from around the way. It's like, no, y'all didn't know I was a rapper, did you? Um, but no, my name is Mrs. Charm Lewis. I'm a breakthrough therapist and a childhood trauma recovery coach. Um, I teach women of faith how to escape the trauma trap, defeat dysfunction, so that they can find freedom and live fully. That's who I am. Yes, amen, amen. And since we're talking about mental health um, today and the importance of getting help with that, what would you say one of your darkest mental health moments were? So I would definitely say maybe around 2014, um, I had to think about it because, you know, there, there's ebbs and flows of life, right? And so when you say, what's your darkest? I had to really think, what was my darkest? I would say, like I said, around 2014, um, I had everything that you grow up wanting to have. Um, I was married, I had a home, I had a nice truck, you know, I thought I was doing it. <laughs> um, and just really felt, terribly unfulfilled um and it was devastating because you work your whole life trying to achieve something and you think that once you achieve it everything's going to be wonderful you're going to be happy and I wasn't um and that was devastating for me um just realizing that I wasn't happy I wasn't fulfilled wow and it's funny that you say that because that that is where I was when the Lord called me out of my job. You know, a lot of people assume because you have reached uh, what the world calls success that you're that it necessarily um, means you're fulfilled and happy. Right. And most of the time, that's so far from the truth because you spent so much time, like you said, really chasing this happiness that really didn't exist in the lane that you were in because you probably were not where God wanted you to be anyways. And I think also, just in addition to that, I had focused so much of my energy on achieving this stuff, going to school, being the best at work so I could achieve that supervisory leadership role, um, and not so much time on doing the inner work or the personal development. Um, I'm a natural born leader. I'm the oldest of three um, children, and so I have just natural leadership ability. I'm always going to rise to the top, but really doing the work of that hard work, that root work, I really hadn't taken the time to do that. And so while I had the stuff, once I sat with myself, I was really just hollow on the inside. Like I just really was not, it wasn't enough to satisfy me. And that's something I, I would, you know, say is that to, to all the women is that stuff will never satisfy us we were made the scripture says with eternity in our hearts and so there's just this there's this place in us that only god can fulfill that only wholeness can fulfill um and i just didn't have that at the time wow and my pastor actually always says that, that we all have a heart-shaped vacuum in our heart that can only be filled by god and you can yeah. try to put all types of stuff in there but you'll still be unfulfilled because it's only fit for him and what would you say or how would you say you got through that and something that you learned from it? 
So I would say that um, I got through it by being really, really honest with myself about the fact that I wasn't fulfilled. Because some people, what I've seen is that they'll feel the emptiness, they'll feel, they'll feel the void, but they'll try to fill it with more stuff. Right. Like, you know, oh, I need to get another degree or I need to switch jobs or I need to get a new boyfriend or I need to buy a new bag. You know, they, they fill the void, but they're, they're still trying to fill it with more stuff. And I just really had to get honest with myself and say, you know, I've achieved a lot of things at such a young age and I have a lot of things and it's still not fulfilling. So to go and try to fill it with something else, um, it's just not going to work. And I had to be honest with myself that there's some work that I needed to do on the inside. Um, there's some, I had to turn my eyes inwardly, um, to really do that work because I knew more, more, more things was not going to be the thing to kind of get me over the hump or make me more happy. And I would say, um, what I learned from it again, is this, that stuff cannot make you happy. And, that sometimes we fill ourselves with things as a distraction mm -hmm. um, from, the, from the real work that needs to be done. And I've seen that over and over and over again. Very true. If it's not things, it's people. Yes. We just yes. switch from one person to the next, one relationship to the next, and we wonder why we never find true happiness. And that's because you haven't done the work inside of you to know what you really need and want because you things. don't we fill it with things, we fill it with people, we fill it with food, we fill it with shopping, we fill it with achievement, you know, anything that you have a proclivity to, you can, you can try to fill that void um, with that instead of, like I said, really taking the time to be honest with yourself saying, I need to do that inner work on my heart. Now give us a brief story of how you started your entrepreneurial journey and was it connected to your mental health situation of being unfulfilled oh my goodness it was so um connected to that i always knew that i was called um to women i just have a thing for women um whenever you're in my presence i'm gonna motivate you i'm going to just push you forward ask you what are you doing next and just all of that kind of stuff so i knew um that my purpose had something to do with women um, and so I was always on the hunt for that. And then, like I said, that combination of just being unfulfilled and trying to figure out what I was doing all while that was happening, I got married and started to struggle in my relationship with my husband, um, in terms of just being able to emotionally relate to him, because for anybody who knows if you've suffered through, survived any level of trauma, you know, that the result sometimes is a numbing. It has a numbing effect. Yes. Um, and you shut yourself down from every emotion so that you can literally survive. And that's what I had done. I had shut myself down from all kinds of emotions so that I could get through. But when you have a husband, you cannot just shut yourself emotionally <laughs> off. It just doesn't work. It doesn't make for a good relationship. And I, I found myself in that space. And my husband and I, we talked about it. And thank goodness he's a therapist as well. So he was, he had some compassion for me. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> but I just, we re just really got to the place where it was like, okay, something has to be done about this. And I was just saying something has to be done about it. So after I came to that realization, I, um, then I was angry 
um, Destiny because I had grown up in church and I was just like, how did I get this way? You know, how had I grown up in church, but I'm still unfulfilled. I'm still suffering as a result of um, an incident that happened to me when I was 10 years old. I was sexually assaulted. You know, I'm still suffering from that. And how is it that no one ever seen me in my brokenness? Mm. You know, it was my giftedness was seen, my, you know, my mistakes were seen, all of that kind of stuff, but nobody ever really seen the root work, the brokenness that needs to happen. And I'm not saying that they didn't see it because they were negligent. I'm saying it was just not a thing that was addressed. Um, and so that kind of shifted my path a bit towards um other methods of healing um in terms of like ancestral praying and just studying some african religious practices and sage and crystals and chanting and just all kinds of stuff that you could think of um because i really really wanted freedom i really wanted to be released from what i felt was like a bondage i almost felt like i was a shell of me not the real me um, and so, like I said, that set me on a journey and nothing was working. I was so like, what is, I'm like, what is going on? Church, is, church didn't work. This other stuff that they said was going to work is not working. Um, what is going on? But thank goodness I knew enough to pray to the big G, right? To the God, God. Yes. Um, so one day I was praying and I was just like, Lord, you're going to have to help me because I don't know what to do. And the first thing he said, which is crazy, um, I was listening to some music that I was calling prayer music, um, <laughs> but he said to me, how are you going to ask me for help? And you're listening to a witch. Mm. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? Um, so as soon as I got over that, I closed down my Apple music. I took that album off my Apple playlist. <laughs> Like complete, I was like, okay, yeah, let me take that completely off. Um, and I said, Lord, if you teach me what to do, I will spend the rest of my life teaching other women like me how to do this work. Mm. And from that moment on, I turned my heart back to God um, and just asked him every step of the way, show me what this healing looked like. Um, what, this is a long story about an entrepreneurial journey, but I just got to tell y'all the whole thing. So I was a therapist already, clearly, um, and I had become unsatisfied, too, in doing that work because I found that talk therapy just wasn't enough. And so I wanted to, I knew that wasn't enough, but I still didn't know it was on the other side until I had that conversation with God and he just began to lead me. Um, and ever since then, I just, I've committed myself to creating sacred spaces, creating platforms, creating opportunities for women like me, women of faith who have serious um, soul issues that they want to address, but they don't want to address it um, while messing around in the occult, or they don't want to address it while opening, opening themselves up to demonic influence and things like that. It is a real faith-based Christian atmosphere um, of doing this, doing this soul work, because God, he, um, the word says he breathed the breath of life and man became a living soul, mm. right? So if there's anybody who we need to be able to do this work with, it's him. And so 
that's why that's how I got on this entrepreneurial journey. I just said, you know, I want to create spaces where women like me feel comfortable doing this work and we don't have to seek sage or crystals or sand or anything else. <laughs> we can literally seek the healer. Um, and one of my favorite um, faith and mental health speakers, Dr. Anita Phillips, she always says, when um, expert help meets the power of God, it's absolutely transforming. Yeah. And that's what it is. That's what the Breakthrough Experience Live is. Yes. And, and I'm glad you touched on so much at one time, right? Um, and I always say the, the biggest transformative power is your own testimony, is you saying, I've, I've been where you are. I'm yes. some experience. And a lot of Christians, they speak down on people who have tried crystals and things like that. But like you said, why are they doing that? It's because we all have that heart-shaped vacuum for God and we're looking for it. We're seeking, not we are, because I'm not into that, but, but they're seeking for it. They're wanting it. And the only ones who are loud enough to give it to them are the ones that are doing those things, right? Yes. It's, it's required for us to really speak up louder and share our testimonies of how, you know, I was, we were in that place of, well, I did actually practice those things, but it didn't give me the fulfillment that I was looking for. But more importantly, it opened myself up to even more depression or anxiety um, and things like that, where I couldn't hardly sleep because now I opened my spirit to other things. But if we exactly. don't think about it, then people won't get healed. And that really is the most important part. I feel like people lead themselves that way or follow that way because of miseducation. Exactly. Exactly. And I think not only miseducation, for some, sometimes those things promise some sort of magic pill. Right. If you if you do this, if you do this this way, if you chant this three times, if you sage your home, you know, it's going to get rid of all the, you know, toxic energy or whatever the case may be. And it rids the person of doing the work. And what God says is you got to do the work, but I'm going to empower you to do it. Mm. And some of us want to skip over that work piece, right? And so sometimes the, the way that Christ asks us to take is not the pretty way. It's not the quick way. Um, but it's the way that we, we need to go. And more importantly, it's not the tangible way. I feel like a lot of us now want something we can hold, something we can see, something we can say, this was the answer to why I'm healed or why, you know, why this happened. When that's not how it works with God. You have, God wants us to have faith and trust in him, whether we can see him or not, because he can do what he needs to do. Absolutely. And, and also, um, you know, there were some practical things along the way that he asked me to do. The first thing that I did um, after coming out of prayer was I looked up all of these scriptures on healing mm. and I literally wrote down those scriptures that jumped out at me. I wrote them down repeatedly. Um, I posted them in my office. I read them daily um, because I, I needed to get those things. I needed to um, elevate my faith to know that God could heal me, that there wasn't anything too hard for him. Um, and so that was like a real practical thing that he asked me to do in the beginning. And so sometimes we do have tangible things that I can definitely go back and say, you know, because I literally was able to hide those words in my heart around healing, I was able to trust God more. And because I trusted him and I kept asking him, he did what I asked him to do. Right. And the other th big piece that you hit on was the church, right? You know, how they could see your gifts. They could see 
um, you know, all of these things, but not necessarily focus on the brokenness. And I feel like I tell people all the time, I love church. I'm an active church member. Um, but I feel like we have gotten to a point where we have institutionalized Jesus through the church and we have gotten away from actually building an intimate relationship with God, actually taking the sermon that you got from Sunday and taking it home and studying it for yourself to get to know God in a deeper, more intimate way. God truly wants to tailor himself and reveal himself to us all individually. He created us all a different people because he can, he can come and speak to all of us different people. Um, but mm -hmm. if we don't spend that time and really, like you said, asking God, God, what is it that, you know, I need to be doing? What is it that's stopping me from hearing you or whatever it is? He will reveal it to you, but it's really um, getting back to not um, putting our man or woman of God or our usher on a pedestal so much so that we feel like we don't have to do the work, like you said, of getting to know God ourselves because God is more than capable of doing everything we need him to do. Oh, that's a big one. I mean, not only with church, I think this day and age in terms of even social media, you know, I, we live more off of quotes than any generation I ever, I've ever known. Right. <laughs> um, stuff, certain stuff that I see shared and reshared that's not even biblical. Right. Um, and so we do have to challenge ourselves to get to know God ourselves. Um, and to seek him for that intimacy, for that personal relationship so that the Holy Spirit is able to um, lead and guide you, right, into all truth. But, you know, in terms of the church, I think that at the time, there just weren't enough people who were physicians of the soul, right? right. They just they weren't into the mental health thing. So they could see like, okay, Sharmika has relationship problems or, you know, she she's an introvert or just, just certain things which are surface things, but nobody was really able to say, how is the relationship with your mother impacting you? Right. How is the inconsistent relationship with your dad impacting you, right? Because that really was the root cause of some of the relationship issues I had. Um, and so just a word today, I guess, if we're talking about church and if you are a leader in your church and things like that, make sure that there's space for counseling, right? Mm -hmm. Or even if you are a pastor and let's say you don't have the counseling experience, have someone on your staff or have someone in your, in your wisdom circle who is a physician of the soul. They, they do have a counseling degree. They do, they are mental health advocates. They do understand some things around how mental health works and how it impacts people because that's important, especially um, because I work with a lot of African-American or people of color. We look to our church, to our institutions of faith for a lot of different things. And if when people come your way and they have these social emotional issues, we have to not only lead them to God, but we have to lead them to adequate support as well. Amen. And, and you're right. The, the platform, I would say the platform to release is where the healing is. You have to get in a, in a place where you feel comfortable, where you feel it's not judgmental to really talk about the things that you're going through. Because just because you don't want to make it reality doesn't mean it's not what I'm really going through. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people feel like if I ignore it, it'll go away. If I ignore her right. and the different men she's bringing into the church, it'll go away. If I ignore, you know, the fact that sister so-and-so is messing with deacon so-and-so, it'll go away. And that's not reality. The, the reality is you have to 
speak to those things and allow those people to speak from the place that they are they are in most likely their broken place um so it's really just turning ahead to it um when you really should be focusing on it and really getting them you know like you said the solutions and answers to how to deal with those things um and the next question is what makes you show up every day even when you felt like quitting hmm i would say i have quit one billion hundred thousand times <laughs> um because sometimes the work is hard sometimes you don't know where you're going sometimes you don't know if what you're doing is even helping anybody um and sometimes you're in the midst of your own stuff and trying to figure out and pour out and things like that but the thing that keeps me going that keeps me coming back is I seriously do feel called to this work. I do feel like this is my assignment. I do feel like this is the grace God has given me. And so even when I try to turn my back, I see a new book or I listen to a different podcast or some person on my timeline says, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Or, you know, when you said this, it blessed my life. Or I see my clients um, leaving testimonials that say, you know, I had such a major breakthrough. My life has never been the same. That kind of stuff keeps me going. It keeps me waking up every day saying, God, how can I be better? God, what do you want? God, how do you want to do this? How do you see this? Um, and even when I'm not feeling 100%, it just still calls me. And so I just keep, I just keep answering. He definitely sends the right people at the right time to give you a message. And you'd be like, how did you know? Like, right. <laughs> like yes, I needed that. Right. <laughs> now, what do you think, or why do you think, I'm sorry, for so long, there has been a stigma against mental health assistance? So I think um, so, so many reasons, but one of the first things that comes to my mind um, is that I think American culture um, promotes perfection. Mm. Yeah. And if we are not perfect, if we don't have the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect eye color, the perfect shape, and in this case, the perfect brain functioning, um, we're seen as less than and nobody wants to be seen as less than right. nobody wants to be uh, undervalued at the core of who they are and so we would rather as you said earlier just turn our head to it try to ignore it hope it goes away um those kinds of things than to admit that we need some support or to admit that um we are not functioning at our optimal level and then as you probably know, the stigma in the African-American community or people of color is even greater, but it, there's barriers being broken down. You know, I would say within the last five years, there are definitely some barriers being broken, but the stigma is greater in that community just because, believe it or not, most of the people who are service providers don't look like us. Right. Um, and it is genuinely hard to connect um, at first with someone who doesn't look like you and perhaps someone who, because they don't look like you, they don't understand where you come from or they don't understand your perspective. Um, and so that's how I would say um, there's such a huge stigma around mental health and getting the support or going to counseling with therapy or having a coach or whatever the case may be. Yes, I totally agree, especially with 
um, the stigma in the African-American community because for a very long time, it wasn't very many African-American counselors and therapists. So you feel like you, you, you don't even understand my background. How can you truly give me advice on how to um, get through this when you know, you're living in Beverly Hills on mm -hmm. Rodeo, right? Um, but the other thing I would like to add to that as well for the African-American community is I feel like, especially for women you know, and men, you know, we're taught to be so strong. So it comes with that stigma of you asking for help equals weakness. And it, yeah. it is, that's not, it's so far from that. And I, I was actually just speaking to a friend um, last night telling her, you know, when it comes to my son, if he wants to cry, now I don't necessarily want to hear it, but I will send him to his room and let him cry it out because I don't want him to ever be under the impression that crying makes you weak, that crying is, is a bad thing because it's not. And when you allow men and women to be in tune with their emotions, they'll be more comfortable with talking about, you know, where they are not strong, how they can't carry the entire family on their back because that's what we're taught. And so when people talk about getting help and wanting to speak to a therapist, the first thing you hear is, why are you doing that? We don't need their opinions. What happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. and all those Just pray about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all those things when in actuality, um, they don't fix everything, especially if you have not gotten to a point where you even release those things. And sometimes you have to do those things in conjunction with something else, you know, right. praying about it does not negate, you know, me going to therapy or me, you know, speaking with someone about what's happening. I can do both, you know, right. um, and not only is there a stigma, I think what I've seen a lot of times is that we are such people are such in survival mode that attending to their mental health and their from their perspective is a luxury. I don't have time to do that because I have to make ends meet. I don't have time to do that because, you know, I don't, whatever the case may be, typically it's financial reasons why they cannot pause or because they don't have that extra partner to help with the kids and, you know, just other things that they see seeking mental health support as a luxury. And I like to tell people you can't afford not to. Right. You, you really can't afford not to. And, I come from an environment where investing in yourself in terms of personal development, you know, mental health or whatever, it, it was just not a thing. But for whatever reason, I was blessed to be able to do so. And I just wanted, I just want you guys to know that it's one of the best things you could ever do. Every person that you see, that you enjoy, that is uber successful, they've done so because they've had support. They've done so because they've invested in themselves at a level that um, they may not have done before. And so even if it's in a small way, you know, find out how you can, how can I make an investment in me today? You know, maybe it's committing to listening to all the Realizing Destiny podcasts that you miss, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a commitment to doing that over the next 30 days, or, you know, maybe it's a commitment to just drinking water only whatever it is, make an, invest, make an investment in you. Even if it's $10 that you take out of your check and put that to the side and say, I'm going to invest in somebody's program. I'm going to go to somebody's seminar. I'm going to do something that is an investment in me and not on me because we'll make an investment on us in a minute. We'll buy tennis shoes. We'll buy hair. Right. We'll do, you know, all of those kinds of, we'll drive around in luxury cars, all kinds of things. 
but when it comes to making an investment that yields an eternal um, ROI, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. And I just want to ch- put a challenge out to us um, to make an investment in you. Right. That's so right. And I always say the time and the money will, will, will be spent either way. So a lot of people, you know, have saying, I wanted to go back to school, but you keep letting day after day after day at the day, or you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me five years to get this degree. The five years is going to pass regardless. You're so right. You are so right. I'm, I'm actually there in this very moment, you know, <laughs> saying I want to go back to school, I want to go back to school, I want to go back to school and how long it's going to take and realize that I've wasted probably about three years saying, right. <laughs> saying it. So I get it. I get it. But I just want to challenge you guys to, to make, the, make the investment and make it now. Right. All right. And the last and final question is how important is prayer in God and mental health? Oh my gosh. I always tell people I'm the practitioner, but God is the healer, right? He said, I am the Lord that heals you. And when we're talking about prayer, like he is the guide. He is the one who calls the shots before you were born. He knew you. Um, he, he knew who he called you to be. He knew everything about your DNA, everything that you would experience, he knew. And so he has the code, right. To download the healing that you need. Um, I include prayer all the time. Um, in my sessions, I tell people, look, it's you and I, but the Holy spirit is going to facilitate this, um, because he can see things that we don't see. He can um, unearth things that we forget. And so we need his help in that um, as we, because it's, it's our nature to try to hide and cover, mm-hmm. um, to try not to deal with the hard things. And so the Holy Spirit comes and helps us to do that. Um, prayer also strengthens us. Healing is hard sometimes. Very um, we, you got to address things that you don't want to address and all of that kind of stuff. And so prayer strengthens us. Um, it, it gives us that boost that we need when we're in the presence of God. You're like, okay, all right, I can do this. I can, I can face this trauma. I can face this hurt, this pain, um, or what have you, but it's, it's literally the source, uh, for me of everything that I do. Amen. And I always say, um, being a strong advocate for therapy and, and uh, counseling and all of those things, that those things put you in a position to put words to your actual emotions. But in regards to the actual hole that is left there as you're digging that stuff up, the only one who can heal it and resoil it so there can be new ground there is God. And that's why it's so good to okay. combine the two. Because it's, it's amazing to go and have these things uprooted and talked about and say, I know why this happened because of this. But if you don't allow God to come in and resoil that, that hole now, you're going to just allow something else to fall in there that keeps you in the same cycle. Um, but That's he's, so good. Yeah, he's the only healer. And um, so, yes, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so, so thankful, Charm, for this interview and for your vulnerability and honesty, um, because I feel like there's a lot of people who tune in right now um, or will be tuning in that are in your same situation or where you were. Um, and to see someone that tried alternatives, like you said, but it led you right back to God, right? And so you mm-hmm. know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the answer. 
but more importantly that going uh, to a counselor, going to a therapist was something that was needed and necessary and that it's okay to do that. It absolutely is. And I always tell people, if you're on here, you never tried therapy, just know that, um, is your audience predominantly women? Mm-hmm. Okay. So just know that you remember that first time you tried to go natural and you had to try 500 products. That's me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sometimes finding a therapist is just like that. Sometimes you have to try, you know, more than one to make that right connection. Um, and to make sure that he or she, um, operates from a holistic model that they aren't just asking you questions and you're just spending your whole session talking. Because one thing I know is that just talk therapy does not heal. You will have to engage your whole self, your spiritual self, your physical self, the things that you're putting in and on your body, all of that matters as you are um, moving forward in your healing journey. Amen. And I actually missed the last question. That was not the last question. The last question. And I feel like the best question is what piece of advice would you give to someone tuning in that feels alone and like suicide is their only and best option? So the best advice I would give is to force yourself to get in community. Yes. The reason why you, why you exist even today is because you have something to offer. Um, and people have something to offer you. And I would also say that there is a suicide prevention hotline also that you can contact, you know, on those nights where you don't feel like calling friends, where you feel like you've been a burden to people. There are people waiting to talk you through. There are people willing to hear your story um, and to pray you through as well. Um, I would say make it known to someone. Don't just suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and know that um, there are people praying for you and people who need you. Amen. And I'm so glad you touched on the community piece um, because I have found um, even the majority of my clients that suffer with suicidal thoughts is because they are always isolated and they allow the enemy that space to just tell them how terrible Slay. they are, tell them how everything they're doing sucks. And just continue to feed their mind with why it will be so much better for them not to be there. But all it takes is that one person you can call and say, hey, like, I'm doing a project or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing down things that people value in me and just ask, like, is there something that you feel like I've been part of in your life? Yeah. Somebody that one question, because you first of all, you might be surprised at the answer. But secondly, if you call three people that all answer that question for you, you now have three reasons to live. Absolutely. And also, I would just say, it depends on where you are on the scale. But if you can, you know, get some sunlight, drink water, look at what you're eating, because there are certain foods that trigger feelings of sadness in us and um, feelings of... um, like tiredness and apathy. So you want to really take a, like I said, a holistic look at what you're eating, where you're spending time, um, because all of that helps support a quality mood. And when you can cultivate gratitude, that's like my favorite 
thing in the whole wide world. The other day I was feeling anxious and I said, let me just pause. And I literally sat down with my journal and said, let me fill this journal with as many things as I can find to be grateful for. And it literally lifted the weight of anxiety off of me. Amen. Wow. I have to try that. I do write every day, like something that I'm grateful for. Um, but that is actually a good tool. All right, well, Charm, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you could tell everyone, what do you have coming up next, uh, where they can find you and all of that good stuff? Okay, okay, so because we're following God, I'm not sure what's next, but you can make sure that you know what's next when I know by following me on Instagram at Mrs. Charm Lewis. Um, and you can also join the Breakthrough Community at Mrs. Charm Lewis. Com. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And guys, I will put all of her information in the show notes, so be sure to look out for that. I truly thank Charm for coming in and sharing her jewels and rubies and gems with us today. And as I always say, guys, I'm so, so grateful for you continuing to be on this journey with me as I come to the realization of who God called me in every area of life. Until next time. Your prayer life is so essential to truly finding your purpose. I found that my purpose was found when I truly seeked God through prayer. So if you're someone who's been struggling with your prayer life, if you've been struggling with whether you hear from God at all, I strongly encourage you to go to www.realizingdestiny.com and download my freebie of how to remove the barriers that stop you from hearing from God. It's free, guys. Start there and look at those uh, barriers that get in the way of hearing God and some steps that I took to remove those barriers. But if you're someone who feels like you've tried that and you really want that one-on-one -on -one interaction with someone who is an expert at prayer and all things prayer and discerning God's voice, then I encourage you to sign up for a prayer peace session immediately and let's work together to remove the barriers and obstacles in your life that are really stopping you from hearing from God and knowing what it is that God has in store for you. Because I found that in seeking God, I found my identity and I found my purpose.